Let us adore him. Get the words changed. one's not exactly Christmas song but it goes right along with adoring him so you are Lord of creation and Lord of my life Lord of the land and the sea you are Lord of the heavens before there was time Lord of our Lord you will be we bow down and we worship you, Lord. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. We bow down and we worship you, Lord. Lord of our Lord, you will be. You are King of creation and King of my life, King of the land and the sea. You are king of the heavens before there was time. King of all kings you will be. We bow down and we crown you the king. We bow down and we crown you the king. We bow down and we crown you the king. King of all kings you will be. You are Lord of creation and Lord of my life. Lord of the land and the sea, you were Lord of the heavens before there 
Good evening. Well, it's time for Christmas and all kinds of Christmas stories going on out there with so many ways and so many things, worldly and Christians. Uh, I would like to do a little... Christmas story myself, which is out of the Bible, out of Luke 2, 1 through 20. We read it, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, and everyone went into their own cities. And Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, 
to be taxed would marry his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, that they were accomplished and that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaggling cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find babe wrapped in a swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with great angels with great multitudes and heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on, the, on earth, peace, goodwill to, towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from, the, away from them into the heavens, the shepherds decided to one another, talk to one another, let us go even unto Bethlehem and see the things which has come to pass, which is the Lord hath made unknown unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen they made known aboard abroad and saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that all that they heard, it wandered in those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen as it was told to them. You know, Christmas could be so many things. It means so much in a way to where we take it as a worldly thing or we gathered in the house of the Lord to praise him and to worship him because he has given us his only son for us. And here's another thing that what people or what we as worldly would think of Christmas for many is the happiest time of year. For some, it could be one of the hardest time of year. Maybe it's because that they have false expectations or maybe they remind them of a loved one who had died or a divorce or separations from they had been through. Whatever the reason, Christmas is the most dreaded time of the year. But what is the essential mas message of Christ, Christmas? It is that Emmanuel has come to, to us. Emmanuel means God is with us. As we read Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Christmas is all about doing, undoing loneliness. The message of Christmas is that you are not alone. Jesus knew what it was to be lonely. He was probably the loneliest man who ever lived. Yes, he had, yes, he always had been through throngs of many people around him. But on that final day, those multitudes were gone. Even his own picked disciples deserted him. And as he hung on the cross, even God from God the Father momentarily turned away. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, who have forsaken me. Jesus knows that it is like to be lonely. What it is like to be lonely. But he also says to us, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is the promise to the child of God that you are never alone. And that is the really the essence, the essence of Christian, Christmas living. Christian. God is with us. All, all other religions eventually say, do, do this, and maybe you will be more spiritual. Do that, or maybe that you get closer to God. 
But Christianity could be summed up with one word, done. Why? Because God is with us. It is not doing something through God. It is, some, it is God living his life through us. It is Emmanuel. God is with us. Okay, this is the worldly ones that we like to look at too is we have Santa on the other side. A reminder about the real Christmas story, story of Christmas. Santa lives in the North Pole. Jesus is everywhere. Santa comes about once a year. Jesus is an ever-present and help. Santa fills your stockings with goodies. Jesus supplies all your need. Santa comes down your chimney uninvited. Jesus stands at the door, knocks, and then enters your heart. You have to stand in line to see Santa. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Santa lets you sit on his lap. Jesus lets you rest in his arm. Jesus knows. Santa knows. Santa doesn't know your name. All he can say is, hi, little girl. Hi, little boy. What's your name? Jesus knows our name before we did. Not only did he know our names, he also knows our address. He knows our history, future. He even knows how many hairs we have on our heads. Santa says, you better not cry. Jesus says, cast all your cares upon me. Santa may make you chuckles, but Jesus gives you joy. That is your strength. While Santa puts his gift under your tree, Jesus became our gift. He died on the tree. God bless. Uh, Gay's going to come and sing a special for us. And it's a treat. Okay, <laughs> is the mic working? It is, okay. Can't hear myself, but as long as you guys can hear me, I guess. <laughs> well, I thought this would go good with the kids because it's called Come on, Ring Those Bells. So. Everybody likes to take a holiday. Everybody likes to take a rest. Spending time together with the family. Sharing lots of love and happiness. Come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree. Jesus is the King, born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells, everybody sing. Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. Celebrations come because of something good. Celebrations we like to recall. Mary had a baby boy in Bethlehem. The greatest celebration of them all. Well, come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree. Jesus is the King, born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells, everybody sing. Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. Come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree. Jesus is the King, born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells, everybody say. Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. I never guessed at that moment. Oh, let me introduce myself to you. I'm Mary. 
I know we talked about the story, the Christmas story. You call it the Christmas story. Wow, it was an exciting time. But I didn't know that it would turn into this. I can't even imagine trees, lights, presents. Oh, it's so exciting. But you know, that first Christmas, I didn't have a Christmas tree. There wasn't a lot of light shining that night. And I was, it was so different. I remember when Gabriel, he came, and he came and appeared to me when I was just a little girl, a young girl, just barely old enough to get married. And I was promised to Joseph, and I was so excited about that day to get married. Oh, I was just praising and thanking because that's the best gift that a kid can have. A woman can look forward to a young girl as being a wife and a mother. Oh, what a joy. And then that night, then an angel appeared to me. And I was so afraid. Oh, I was terrified. And the light was just so bright. And it was so shiny. And I hid myself because I didn't know what was going on. And the voice said, fear not, Mary. Fear not. How can I not fear? My knees were shaking. It's a good thing I was on the ground because I would have fallen because I was so afraid. But the more that Gabriel talked, the calmer my spirit became. And I thought, oh, how wonderful. An angel appeared to me. Wouldn't you love to have an angel come and talk to you? It was exciting. And then he told me something wonderful. He said, Mary, you're honored above all women. And I thought, wow, above all women. That was so exciting for me. For he hadn't talked to me. He says, you have been chosen to bear, to have, give birth to the Messiah. And I said, the Messiah? I have heard about the Messiah from the time that I was a little girl. That one day the Messiah would come, and one day a virgin would conceive and have a baby. And I thought, I'm going to be that one? I'm going to be that woman? Oh, I was so excited. But I was so confused. And I said, but how can this be? I'm just engaged. I haven't been with a man. I'm not married. How can I have a baby? And she said, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and I will, and I will bear a baby and put in there by God. And I thought, okay, okay. And in today's vernacular, right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, we always heard the Bible, and we knew the verses, but I didn't know that that's how they were going to happen. But I said, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, okay. But I never dreamed the journey that that was going to put me on. The day that I said yes to God, my whole life changed. When you said yes to God, did you know that your life changed too? Well, I was agreeing to whatever God wanted to happen in my life. But then the thing that happened next is what Joseph found out, that I was pregnant. And I thought, man, what's going to happen? But see, I didn't care because I had God's word that he was going to take care of me. And I thought, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to lose Joseph? Am I going to lose the man that I love? Oh, I don't know. But I had chose God. And I said, okay, God will work it out. I had faith in God. But you know what? God worked it out. And he talked to Joseph. See, Joseph wouldn't have believed me. He couldn't have believed me. Can you hear it say, Joseph, lay down a talk? Let's talk about this? I couldn't. Because of the, the times, the thing that happened if a woman became pregnant, during that time, they would take you out and stone you. But I wasn't thinking about that when I said yes to God because I knew God would take care of me. I knew I didn't have to worry about it. And I didn't know whether I'd be able to keep Joseph I didn't know whether I'd be able to get married to Joseph. I loved him. I wanted to marry him. But on the other side, here I have God's son, God's child inside me, growing inside of me. And I thought, it doesn't matter what else happens. I just want to serve God. I want to be a vessel for God to use. And so I said, okay. And I knew that God would work it out. And God worked it out. He talked to Joseph. And he says, don't worry about Mary. She hasn't been with another man. She still loves you, and she's still going to be your wife. Don't worry about it. What she's carrying is from me. You remember the Messiah that you've been taught, heard about since you was a young boy? Remember him? Well, the time's come. And guess what, Joseph? You have the privilege and you have the honor to raise Jesus 
the Son of God, the Messiah. And Joseph said, okay, all right. So Joseph and Mary, they got married. And they thought, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going on. And so all of a sudden, they're starting planning for a baby that they didn't know they were going to have at the time. But God did. And so they were so excited about it, and they were married, and they were starting their lives together. And then all of a sudden, that Caesar, he had to go and put out a petition that we all had to go to Bethlehem. Now, I don't mind traveling, but you ladies that are pregnant, can you imagine? time even getting up on that donkey but we had to go it was the law they made us go to Bethlehem because that's where our our forefathers were from and we had to go there to be taxed how would you like to have to go to the state capitol to be pay your taxes or to Washington DC to pay your federal taxes that would not be fun I wouldn't like to do that but I didn't have a choice that was the law and we had to go or we'd be punished so nine months pregnant I had to get on the back of that donkey. And oh, it was a long journey. And I was so tired. And I was just, oh, it was so, oh, I was out to here and bouncing around on the donkey. And it just was not fun. And I thought, oh, Lord, I, didn't you know that they was going to tax us when you told me to be, have a baby? Didn't you know that? You'd think he would have had it at a better time of year. Well, nobody likes to travel in the winter. Let it be in the nice summertime when the flowers are blooming. But no, uh-uh. But that was all right. I trusted God. I knew God was going to work it out. So we took that long trudge to Bethlehem. It took us days and weeks. It took us a week to get there. A long time to be on the back of a donkey. But we made it. We finally made it. And then something happened. I started going into labor. And I thought, oh, God, what are we going to do? And so my husband, Joseph, he searched, and he knocked on door after door after door. Can't you have a place for us? Don't you have a place for us to go? My wife had a baby. And every door we went to, I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the inn is full. We have no place for you. And I thought, God, what are you cutting us into? I'm carrying your child. I'm carrying the child. I'm carrying the Messiah. And there's no place for him. There's no room for him in any inn. In our city, what am I going to do? And we just trudged the street. It was getting later, and the pains were getting closer and closer together. And I felt so bad for Joseph because he couldn't do anything. And he tried, and he tried, and he tried to do everything he could. And finally, he knocked this one door. And he says, I'm sorry, we don't have any room. And he looked over at me. And it was just like there was a, there was a connection. As he looked into my eyes, and I seen a connection. And he says, you know, I've already rented out all the place that I have. He says, but I do have a stable. I do have a, the man, the place that, that's there. He says, I know it's not the best place for you to be. And it's all that I can give to you. Isn't that what God asks of us today? All that we can give to him. And he gave what he had. And he took him to the stall. He took him to the manger where the animals were. And they had a manger where they used to put the straw for the, for the animals to eat. And I gave birth in a, in, a, in a stall, in a manger. And I laid Jesus, because God told us to name him Jesus. And so I looked at, and as soon as he was, he was born, and I looked at him. And he was the most beautiful baby I'd ever seen in my life. I held in my arms the Son of God. Oh, what a thrill it was. What a joy it was to hold that baby in my arms for the first time and knowing that this was God's son. God had allowed me the privilege to hold God's son in my arms. And I was so excited. And as I laid him in the manger, and I dwelled and I pondered and remembered what Gabriel had said about me giving birth to a child. And here it was. Before, I just had the angel's word. But now, here, I hold in my arms God's promise. And I laid him in the manger. And we were sitting there, and we were just talking to each other and enjoying our little baby and excited about the con of what he was going to become 
and how great he was going to be because we have great expectations for our son. I know you all have expectations for your children, but I'm not kidding you. When God says you're bearing his son, you really have expectations, don't you? And we were laying there, and it was dark, and it was cold. And next thing we know, here comes some shepherds into the place. And I'm going, what's going on here? I mean, did he open up the stables? Was he written out more rooms? What's going on here? And all of a sudden, these shepherds come in, and they're all awestruck. And they're just sitting there, and they look so confused. And they come in to the baby, and they see little Jesus in the manger. And they bow down, and they start worshiping him. And I thought, what is going on? What is going I didn't know what, what to think. I knew that God told me that I was giving birth to the Messiah, but evidently he went out and told a bunch of shepherds and invited them to my birth, uh, birthday shower. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Whatever the case may be, okay. And so they were coming and they, and they worshipped. And they said, this is the Messiah. Our Messiah has come. Of course, I knew that because God told me that nine months before when, he, when Gabriel appeared to me. But here, well, here it was, and the shepherds were worshiping, and they were saying, amen. You know, I had, a, had a something told to me, but it's nice when you can get some verification of the fact, doesn't it? <laughs> and so the shepherds, and then they left, and we just contemplated it. We raised, raised, started playing with Jesus, and then not very long later, here comes through a big caravan of camels. And people, and I meant there was a lot of people there. I know that you've been told there there was a whole bunch of people that came. And I thought, oh man, I hope I don't have to feed them. I don't have to cook dinner for all these group. Talk about unexpected guests for dinner. No, thank you. And here come these, these, these men that were all decked out in all these wonderful colors and all kinds of clothing that I had never seen. The most, val- most valuable linen and cloth that I'd ever seen. And they had ornaments all over them. And they were, I couldn't believe it. And here they come into my house. Because now, see, Jesus was born and we finally got a better place to live to raise, our, raise Jesus for a little while before we could get back on our feet because we didn't stay in the stable for a, for a long, long time. So the wise men, I know you call them wise men. I'm not going to tell you their name because it... it we want to keep the concentrate on who Jesus was, not on who the wise men were, what their names were, okay? But they came and they brought all these gifts. And they brought and they come and they laid down at Jesus' feet and they bowed. And the one king, he gave him some gold. And I thought, wow, this is pretty, pretty neat. You think you've got some Christmas presents coming. How would you feel if somebody brought you a whole bunch of gold worth a lot of money? That'd be exciting. And then the other guy, he came in and he kneeled. And he gave him some frankincense. Now, this was very expensive stuff. And I thought, man, this is really kind of unusual. And then the other one come in, and he put on our feet myrrh. Now, I didn't understand the significance of these gifts. Of course, now I do, because all this has happened, because it's part of my story, part of the Christmas story. I knew that the gold was because this was going to be a king. I knew I was giving birth to the Messiah, but the gold was because he was a king. The frankincense was because he was the son of God and he was going to be the priest. And he's going to be the the substitute lamb. He's going to be the sacrifice for sin. Of course, I didn't know it at the time, but I do now. And the myrrh was what they used to anoint the dead. And I knew, I didn't know then, and it broke my heart years later when he died on the cross. For not only your sins, he died on the cross for my sins. And my son... The Son of God became my Savior. And he became my Lord. Although I gave birth to the Messiah, gave birth to the Son of God, he had to become my Savior. Because you see, I, can't, I have to be saved the same way you do. I don't have no special insight. I have to claim the re- accept God's sacrifice that he paid upon the cross for my sin. And that's what the Christmas story is, isn't it? That's kind of my story. Of course, I lived it. You just get the basic facts when we read the story. But when you read the story next year or maybe on Christmas Day, when, if you read it, remember that this is just the, just the middle, small, minuscule facts of what actually happened on that day. Thank you for letting me talk to you. Thank you for letting me share a little bit of my story because the Christmas story 
is really all about Christmas. It's all about Jesus. Thank you. Amen. And now, the highlight of the night is our kids. So our kids, if you'll come up.
and the presents are nice, but the real gift is you. Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the carols and bells make the holiday swell, but it's all about you. Happy birthday, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the tinsels and lights and the presents are nice, but the real gift is you. Happy birthday, Jesus. And I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the carols and bells make the holiday swell, but it's all about you. Happy birthday, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. great thank you wow they did a wonderful job we appreciate it we appreciate you kids thank you for all that you've done they spent a lot of time practicing this if you don't if you think this is easy just to do these bells you ought to cut and try it I sit there <laughs> I tried going through a song one time, and I was going, I wish I'd have had about six more hands, but they did a great job. But if any of you would like to come up and try it afterwards, you're welcome. We'll let you, we'll go through it, we'll put a thing on, and let's see if you can do it. We'll even take your picture so you can kiss, send it to your mom and dad. <laughs> anyway, it was great. You know, Christmas is about Jesus' birthday. A little girl was asked by the neighbor who came over at Christmas after Christmas was over, and she says, well, Hillary, name just come out of the sky. <laughs> she says, did you have a good Christmas? He says, oh, it was such a wonderful Christmas. She says, well, did you get everything that you wanted for Christmas? And little girl, she kind of looked at her with a little puzzled look on her face like she'd been searching through her whole mind of everything that she'd got. And she says, you know, no, I didn't get everything I wanted for Christmas. But you know, it wasn't my birthday. So kids, if you don't get everything you want for Christmas, remember, it's not your birthday. <laughs> it's Jesus' birthday. And we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday tonight. We have a birthday cake in the back for all of you. So stay, stick around. We're going to have some cake. And I know the kids want some cake.